that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not like, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. That's basically what a higher standard women's ministry is, is about. It's about training ourselves so that we can obtain the prize that God has for us. It's about not settling for mediocre. It's for reaching for the summit of our Christian life. Amen? Well, I was reading an article that I'd saved from the St. Louis Metro Voice from 2002, saved it for a long time, <laughs> by a lady named Diane Vaughn, and it was called The Modesty Mandate. And I, I got to thinking about it, and I really felt compelled to teach on the subject. And some of the statements I'm going to make are from her article. So first of all, let's turn to 1 Timothy um, chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. And I'm going to read it from the King James Version, and it's up on the screen also. It says, In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety. Not with, it says, broided hair, but it's kind of what we call braided hair now. Or gold, or pearls, or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Now we read that and we think, what in the world does that mean? You know, does that mean I can never wear any jewelry? Um, you know, what in the world does that mean? I'm supposed to go around with shamefacedness? You know, <laughs> it sounds kind of depressing, doesn't it? Yeah. So we need to find out what that really means because if the Word of God is telling us to do it, then we need to do it, right? And um, so we're going to teach tonight on a higher standard in our modesty because God wants us to live a modest life. And we're going to find out that God really does care about how we dress. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to teach this, but as I started studying what God's Word said about modesty, I actually got more than I bargained for, and it was I'm still kind of trying to digest it. <laughs> but um, we'll share a little bit about it tonight. First of all, uh, this scripture talks about that we are supposed to adorn ourselves. So what in the world does adorn mean? Well, actually it means to decorate or to garnish. You know what it's like to decorate or garnish a a meat tray or, you know, a Christmas tree, you know, you're putting extras on it, you know. The Bible says we're supposed to garnish ourselves or adorn ourselves. And, um, but we need to do it according to the word of God. Not according to the current fashion trends or the culture at the moment or what's on TV. We need to do what God's word tells us to do. And then it says we're supposed to adorn ourselves with modest apparel. So, does anybody have a clue what modest means? Want to take any guesses? Conservative? Any other clues or guesses? <clears throat> Not exposing? Well, I'll read you a bunch of definitions, and they'll be up there also. <coughs> modest means humble, unassuming, meek, not showy, unpretentious, quiet, seemly, proper, 
plain, simple, unassuming, unornamented, tasteful, unadorned, unembellished, taking a back seat, reasonable, inexpensive, average, economical, moderate, decent, chaste, nice, and respectable. Those are a lot of definitions, aren't they? <laughs> so that's what modest means. That's what modest means in, in our dictionary today. And it's what it meant back then also. So that's a lot to swallow, isn't it? It's a whole lot to swallow. And then it says we're supposed to adorn ourselves with shamefacedness. Now that sounds really miserable, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you what that means. It means bashfulness toward men, and it means modesty or godly fear or reverence. So actually, it's, that is not, what we're clothing ourselves with shamefacedness doesn't have anything to do with clothes. It has to do with our attitude. Bashfulness toward men means we're not supposed to be um, forward, flirty, um, obnoxious. <laughs> and it means that we're supposed to the way we conduct ourselves is supposed to show that we have a reverence for God and a godly fear. Then the next one is sobriety. We're supposed to adorn ourselves with sobriety. Now, when I think of sobriety, I think of, well, it means you're not drunk. I mean, you're sober or you're not sober. It means you're not drunk. But what it means as it relates to modesty is that sobriety exercise, exercises sound judgment moderation, and self-mastery over bodily passions and desires. It means self-control. If you're living a life of sobriety, you're living a life, a self-controlled life in all purity. So we can see that adorning ourselves with modesty, shamefacedness, and sobriety has a lot more to do with our clothing, doesn't it? has a whole lot more to do with our clothing. Now, to get a, a full uh, grasp of what is being said here, it'd be good to go back and look and, and see what they were doing back in that day. Don't you think? Because the scripture is addressing something that was going on. So, let's look at the Greek dress of the day. And there'll be a picture of it up there. <clears throat> All women wore the exact same dress. <clears throat> it was just a piece of cloth, and it was um, wrapped around the middle, was gathered at the shoulders. They were all the exact same material. They were all the exact same, same color. They all went down to the ankle. So what happened is um, because the dress was the same, same color, same fabric and everything, made exactly the same, and because they never changed, the women decided that they had to emphasize who they were or they needed to stand out from other women by having elaborate hairstyles and elaborate jewelry. And also some of them wore what they called a mantle or kind of a shawl around their shoulders, you know, wrapped around front and back. And this thing would be ornamented with all kinds of jewels and just all kinds of decoration. <clears throat> so we have an example of the hairstyle. Now that's quite a do, isn't it? 
And there's another picture also. Now, this is what this scripture is addressing. Now, does it make more sense? Not with braided hair. It's not talking about pigtails or a braid down the middle. These people um, had numerous servants to do their hair, skilled in the art of hairdressing and cosmetics, and they were needed for these elaborate hairdos. Um, They used fancy carved hairpins, wigs, hair swatches, which I am assuming are like extensions, and they also wore hairnets made of finely woven gold wires. So it was kind of a big deal, don't you think? And I don't have it with me, but there's also a picture of the back of this lady's hair. And it's just, it goes on forever and ever. This was, this, you know, was something that took a lot of people to accomplish and took many, many hours to get this done. And she did this so that she would stand out from other women. So can you kind of see what is being addressed in this scripture here? And it's not only that, but just elaborate jewelry, uh, lots and lots of makeup. And they did that so they could stand out. But what this scripture was saying is, hey, let's step back. This isn't what's important. What's important is if you're clothed with good deeds. Let's look at this same scripture in a couple different versions. Um, In the NIV, it says, I also want women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. So what's our emphasis supposed to be on? Being clothed with good deeds. Amen? And in the Living Bible, it says, And the women should be the same way, quiet and sensible in manner and clothing. Christian women should not be noticed, or Christian women should be noticed for being kind and good, not for the way they fix their hair or because of their jewels or fancy clothes. So that is really something to think about. Think about when people see you, are they seeing the way you dress? They seeing the way you do your hair, your makeup, your jewelry. Are they seeing that, hey, that's an awesome woman of God. You know, I can just tell by the way she carries herself and the good deeds that she does. And then in the New Living Translation, it says, And I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. For women who claim to be devoted to God should make themselves attractive by the things that they do. So that's what God wants. He wants us to make ourselves attractive by the spirit that we have and by the things that we do. And if you, um, <clears throat> it's good to, good to evaluate yourself, you know, when you're getting ready, you know, for going someplace. How much time and effort are we putting into how we look, what we're wearing, how our makeup is, how our hair is, what shoes we're going to wear, how much time are we putting into that, and how much time are we putting into preparing our spirits for helping and ministering to other people. That's a good way to evaluate ourselves. And as far as modesty, the focus is not on what we should not wear so much as it is on what we should be. 
The scripture is letting us know that our beauty has to come from the inside. Modesty is something that comes from the inside, and its evidence is in the way we dress and adorn ourselves, and the way we act with kindness and good deeds. Isn't that kind of revealing? (laughs) I thought this was very interesting. Um, There's three ways we can judge ourselves in our outward modesty. In other words, the way we dress, which is really, really important because we do not want to be attracting attention to ourselves. We want to be pointing people to the Lord. The first way is too much. And that was really addressed in this scripture about the Greek woman. Um, The Greek women had ornate, elaborate hairstyles and mantles covered with jewels. Paul speaks against elaborate hairstyles, ornate jewelry, and expensive clothing because it paralleled the prostitutes of the day, and it drew attention to the person and not to God. Too much time and money went into their outward appearance. So we don't want to be wearing too much. And if you're going to ask me, is this too much, Pastor Diane? I'm not telling you, <laughs> because I, I, I'm not the judge. You have to evaluate for yourself and think, am I, you know, am I wearing too much? The next way we can judge our outward modesty is, the first way was too much. What do you think the next way is? Too little. <laughs> Low necklines, shorts or skirts that are too short, sheer clothing, exposed tummy or back. We have to understand um, that from the beginning of time, way back from the beginning of time until the 1920s, women were completely covered. So for 6,000 years, women were completely covered. And the last 90 years, things have gone the opposite way. (laughs) Things have been uncovered. So that's something really to think about, is the way way things are right now is not the way it's been for 6,000 years. I mean, there's been a dramatic change in the last 100 years. And it all started um, in the 1920s. Well, in the 1910s, actually, in France, the prostitutes, who were completely covered, started showing their ankles. And that's where it started. And then by the 1920s, women in America took on that style. You know, they started showing their ankles, and then, doot, 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 you know, <laughs> now we're showing our behinds and everything else. So um, it's really important to know that this, this hasn't been the way that it's been all along. This is just something that's come about re- very recently. Uh, women's modesty has degenerated to the part, point that you can't go to the mall or watch a clean TV show or drive down the highway without seeing partial nudity used in advertising and blatant sexuality. And when it becomes the norm of our society... There's such pressure on Christian women to act the same way, to look attractive. And we have to resist that temptation. If every girl that you know, every girl in school or every girl at work is wearing their you know, top down here and you can see their cleavage, you have to resist the temptation. You know, I'm not going to look like them. I'm going to be modest. I'm going to, you know, represent the Lord. Um, if, you know, everybody's wearing short shorts, we're just... You know, Christian women, we're going to be different. We're just not going to do that. You know, if everybody's belly's showing, you know, the older you get, the less you have to. That's not a temptation really anymore. 
<laughs> Nobody wants to see your belly. <laughs> but when you're younger, you know, everybody's, you know, wearing, you know, lower cut shorts or jeans and, you know, oh, my belly's showing. Who cares? You know, everybody's belly's showing. But that's not what God wants us to do. So we had too much, too little, and the next one, anybody want to guess? Yeah, you guys are good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you guys aren't that good at all. <laughs> you can read. Okay, too tight. Um, and this has to do, you know, we go through spells in our fashion, you know, world. And uh, recently we've had fashions that are just too tight. I mean, when I go to try to find a pair of jeans, you know, I pull them on and I can't even pull them over my thighs because they're too tight. They're so tight. You know, everything is so tight. And what you have to understand is when you wear clothes that are too tight, it is an extreme temptation to men. Tight form-fitting clothing leaves little to the imagination. And God gave men a sex drive and men should not have to always be looking down at the floor because women aren't dressed properly. Um, a good Christian man, they're going to see it and it's going to, but they're going to look, you know, a good Christian man is going to look down at the floor, but they shouldn't have to do that. Um, they shouldn't have to do that, especially Christian women shouldn't make them have to do that. The Bible says we should do nothing to cause our brother to stumble. And if we know that immodest clothing tempts men to lust, then why do we, on purpose, try to wear immodest clothing? And I just, you know, sometimes I think, is it because we honestly <clears throat> do not understand the male sex drive? <coughs> Excuse me. Or is it because we deep down inside really enjoy toying with a man's soul um, and having that control? Um, sometimes we really need to think, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Some may say, I should be able to dress any way I want. And, you know, you know, it's just tough if they have that problem. It's his fault if, he ha if he's taking a second look at my behind or my breast and lust. It's his fault. But that thinking is totally opposite from the Word of God. The Word of God says that we shouldn't do anything to make someone stumble. We have a choice to follow the Bible and walk in love or to follow our flesh. You know, our flesh wants to wear what is fashionable, what's the newest thing, what everybody else is wearing. But we need to uh, adorn ourselves in a godly manner. And what modesty is not is um, modesty doesn't have to be boring or drab or ugly. Um, just look at the flowers outside and you see how God likes things adorned. He likes things beautiful. Uh, but we, outward beauty is good. We just don't need to be attracting too much attention on ourselves. Um, at lo looking at that verse also, we can see that Paul recognizes that there's two ways by which women can pervert, pervert the will of God relative to clothing. We may openly disobey by exposing our bodies. That's one way. Or we may rebel in a more subtle but subtle way by using clothing, hair, jewelry, and makeup to feed our pride. And those are really things to think about. You know, do I need this piece of clothing? Do I need to look like that to feel important? 
and we don't. All our self-worth needs to come from the Lord. Um, Let's turn to 1 Peter, verse 3. 1 Peter, verse 3, or chapter 3. 1 Peter 3, verse 3. Don't, this is in the Living Bible. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty that depends on jewelry or beautiful clothes or hair arrangement. Be beautiful inside in your hearts with the lasting charm of a gentle and quiet, quiet spirit that is so precious to God. That pretty well says it all, doesn't it? And now we're going to look at the Message Bible. It says, what matters is not your outward appearance, the styling of your hair, the jewelry you wear, the cut of your clothes, but your inner disposition. Cultivate inner beauty, the gentle, gracious kind that God delights in. And in the NIV, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. It should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is, a, is of great worth in God's sight. Those are good, aren't they? So I think that a lot of times we just need to think. Um, think about the time and the money and the attention we pay to the, our, outward experience, our outward appearance and think about the time and attention and money we spend on our inward appearance and see if they line up with God's word. See if we're devoting the proper amount of attention to our inward appearance. That's very important. Um, We're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 10, 32. 1 Corinthians 10, 32 in the NIV says, Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. So we're not supposed to cause our brother to stumble. And we have to understand that the way we dress can cause them to stumble. And we need to think about that every time we go out of our house. You know, is my clothes, are my clothes too tight? Is there too little here? We need to think about that. And um, I was reading something that John Adams said. I believe he was the second president of the United States. He said, every culture, um, you can determine the downfall of every culture by the immodesty of the women. When women lose their modesty, the culture is going downhill. So we're going to go to our tests. Is my adorning passing the love test? Am I walking in love, being careful not to, to be the cause of sexual temptation in the opposite sex? Now, if you go out with the idea, you know, I'm going out, look at me, I'm sexy. You didn't pass the love test. Okay? Do they pass, does my adorning pass the faith test? You might think, you know, well, how can our clothes have anything to do with faith? Well, look at this. Am I depending on my outward appearance to make me beautiful? Or am I by faith depending on the inward work of the Holy Spirit and God's word to make me beautiful? And one thing you have to understand is, you know, you can do everything in the world to make yourself beautiful, and, you know, you could have a car accident and have a scar on your face. You know, you have to cultivate what's on the inside and have your faith and trust in that. 
Number three, do, does my adorning pass the purity test? Are my motives pure when I adorn myself? Am I trying to attract, attract attention to myself in any way? And then, do they pass the fruitful test? Am I adorning myself with good works, with the charm of a gentle and quiet spirit? Am I cultivating inward beauty, which is fruitful? So those are some good things to ask yourself. I'm going to turn to one more scripture, 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. And it says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So as we adorn ourselves, let's make sure that our adorning always honors God. Amen? You guys learn anything? I learned a lot. <laughs> well, now we're going to do a game. 